Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. We set aside time every Tuesday morning in the 11 o'clock hour to talk about the NOLA coalition. And you've heard me say this before. This was a defining moment in the city of a, a group of not-for-profits, business owners, corporations in the area coming together, assisting one another, providing some funding uh, to make a difference in our respective communities. And the tide rises for all. If we have successes in one neighborhood, we have successes in other neighborhoods. And it's really been a pleasure to meet a lot of folks that have committed themselves to whatever endeavor it may be to uh, bring about a better landscape in, in each one of our neighborhoods and our communities. And uh, I've been blessed in having these conversations, and I'm sure today will be no different. Janet Hayes, Director of Healing Minds, NOLA, joins us. Janet, welcome to the show. Hi, Noel. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, Janet, if you would, let's start out, If you would, uh, for the benefit of listening audience, tell us about Healing Minds, NOLA. Sure, thanks. So um, Healing Minds NOLA is a nonprofit organization that I founded in about 2016 to address uh, untreated serious mental illness that often results in the revolving doors of incarceration, homelessness, repeat psychiatric hospitalizations, and unfortunately, sometimes death. Um, And so we really look at addressing funding and policy barriers that impact that particular population in order to provide systems, um, evidence-based programs, and the treatment and care that they need in order to recover and have some quality of life. That is a lot. Uh, having worked in the system for 40 years from a law enforcement perspective, having seen um, I guess the challenges in our community uh, as it relates to mental health, mental health treatment, the continuum of care in mental health, uh, my experience is that it has been incredibly disjointed. How would you describe it at the present time? Absolutely. And we're still a very fragmented um, and uncoordinated system. There's still a lot of work to be done. Um, I will say that what brought me to the NOLA Coalition was um, the impact that this problem has on law enforcement um, and that if we had a working system, 
there would be less um, impact to uh, our officers who are have unfortunately become the de facto mental health system along with our jails um, and prisons in caring for folks who um, have been untreated long enough that their psychiatric deterioration has has advanced to the point of needing more and more and more intensive treatment and care. I mean, the average duration of untreated psychosis in the United States is 74 weeks, and those long periods of untreated psychosis have long-lasting degenerative effects on the brain. So um, most concerning is reduced gray matter volume and reduced surface area in the executive networks of the brain responsible um, for those critical aspects of life um, that are, you know, that allow people to function um, day to day, Um, their memory, their emotions. And if we don't stop the deterioration, then we really are setting people up for lifetime institutionalization, either in a psychiatric hospital, uh, long-term, or jail. Johnny, when I, first, <laughs> when I first went into law enforcement in 1977, um, I think Charity at the time had just over 200 mental health beds. And here we are in 2024. What do we have? So yeah, um, the, the, yeah. So the evolution, or sorry, the devolution, I guess, of beds, the deterioration or the reduction of psychiatric beds, and especially in our community, that really um, started to accelerate after Hurricane Katrina, when Charity Hospital in New Orleans shut down, like you said, with about 200 psychiatric beds. So the new hospital to replace Charity has about half of what. Charity Hospital had, but also the reimbursement structure um, for psychiatric inpatient psychiatric beds has changed. So back in the Charity Hospital system days, we really relied on federal disproportionate share payments um, for the indigent that were not, it was not capitated. So there was no uh, limit to how long um, the state would reimburse for a person to be in the hospital. Later, with various changes at the, at the federal level, the federal government wanting to get out of dish payments, and then the implementation of the Affordable Care Act, with that came a policy where insurance, Congress recognized, along with insurance companies, that we did need um, to, there needed to be um, reimbursement for inpatient psychiatric care for people who meet criteria, uh, usually criteria of, you know, is danger to self, others, or grave disability, who need a period of stabilization in an acute bed setting. And so they allowed Medicaid expansion states, or met, sorry, managed care states, which we are, an automatic 15-day per month reimbursement. So, and this is all based on a 1965 rule that says federal Medicaid cannot reimburse psychiatric institutions with more than 16 beds. So, I mean, of course, that is what really accelerated the drying up of all the psych beds and the increase that we saw of people being incarcerated in jails replacing hospitals. But anyway, so this, this, the federal government allows or has they have this automatic waiver. So, but essentially what we're saying is that if somebody has a serious mental illness, and when I'm talking about serious, I'm talking about schizophrenia, bipolar disorders, major depressive disorders, 
you know, and anything and everything along the psychosis spectrum. So for people who um, develop an illness like that, usually late teens, early 20s, they, without treatment, again, they, they end up in these tragic situations. So they can get treatment, but only for 15 days a month. And it's a chronic deteriorative disease, no different than, I mean, it's a little different, but it's com- comparable to Alzheimer's this disease or uh, um, dementia. Uh, symptoms are very similar. These kinds, it's like a broken brain. Eight, two weeks in a hospital per month is not long enough to repair a broken brain. So these, what's happened is because of these insurance capitations now, when people go to the hospital, doctors are feeling a lot of pressure to get a person diagnosed, get them on a treatment plan, get them stabilizing, get them out before the insurance reimbursement runs out. So that happened. So now we have, though we have, so the hospital that replaced Charity is half the beds Charity have had, but we do have a number of standalone psychiatric hospitals that have kind of popped up. So places like Oceans Behavioral Health, River Place, Perimeter, um, River Oaks, um, um, Universal. I'm learning about new ones every day. You know, <laughs> sometimes families that have contacted us for help will say, "My my my loved one is at this hospital," and it'll be something I've never heard of before. And it's like, okay, new hospital. Those are all acute bed hospitals. So again, those are short term. Um, you know, they're they're, it's, they're not really they're doing the best they can. Um, but they're not really able to provide the medically necessary care in order to get a person back on their feet, uh, have a long, not long enough period of stabilization, and be able to get them back into the community in a way where they're going to be able to be successful. So we're, it's a struggle. It, it's, a, it's a real problem. Um, we do with what we can with the system that we have, but we still need to make huge improvements. And without improvements, um, changes, we're going to continue to see those folks out on the streets um, and, again, in the prisons and jails and in and out of hospitals like monsoon frogs. It's awful. It's just awful. And the police end up having to deal with, um, you know, they, they have a response. I don't want to call it burden. I don't like saying burden because I don't feel like people with serious mental illnesses are a burden. Well, they it, have it, no fault. Cha- it's a cha- it may not be a burden, but it's a challenge because they're really not yes. trained to deal with that sector of the population uh, in in a meaningful way. I mean, obviously, uh, they're trained as it relates to their own personal safety, security, uh, security and and safety of others as well. Interestingly, uh, my experience has been that uh, when government enters into what I'll call cutback management, right, one of the first things they cut is mental health, which always struck me as odd because it's an otherwise law-abiding sector of the population if the delivery of the service is intact. And, and more often than not, a good percentage of these folks, it's just access to their medication and being able to stay on their medication. Um, some, obviously, a little bit more complex than that. But... It always struck me and mystified me why we would cut there first. And it always seemed like that was on the chopping block first. And maybe it's because there just aren't enough advocates for that population. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm super glad you brought that up um, because 
you know, as far and with police, they're trained to transport, right? So we have very yeah. well trained officers in both of our parishes and the region um, who um, do a very good job at getting person from a psychiatric crisis to a hospital. But then what, right? So that's what you're saying. It's like we do invest in mental health, but that's not the same as psychiatric care. Um, so we spend money on prevention. We spend money on, you know, if, if we are going to spend money, it's going to be spent on, you know, our our mental health needs, our emotional um, needs, our like food, um, housing, uh, those sorts of things. That's all great. We all need that. But if you have a cognitive disorder that impairs your life functioning, if we don't get that dealt with first all none of the other stuff matters so and to address it and then also i think it's important for people to realize that about half of people with serious mental illnesses um, have an associated uh, disorder called anastignosia Uh, anastignosia is also called lack of insight which is a biological condition that prevents some people with severe mental illnesses from knowing they're experiencing symptoms of a brain disorder. It's a cruel irony. And experts estimate that it affects about 50% of people with schizophrenia, about 40% of people with bipolar disorder. And so what you're, what's happening is we're dealing with population now about half who won't seek treatment on their own because they don't think they're sick, which makes perfect sense when you think about it. They're living in a hell and they don't even realize they're in hell. Exactly. Exactly. If I have, if I don't have, if I don't think I, or if I know I don't have diabetes and you try to get me to go for an insulin shot, I'm going to tell you you're out of your mind, right? Because why would I do that if I don't have diabetes? But what if I do? So, so for that population, you know, what we do, we, 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 our system set up for people to want help. Now that's hard to begin with because even if you want help, it's hard to find it. Um, you know, appointments are few and far between. There's Medicaid or sorry, in, in insurance problems. There's all kinds of other problems, and people with serious mental illnesses have a difficult time. You know, just just getting from place to place. But if you don't want treatment in the first place and you're sick, good luck, right? So the calls that I get from family members are mostly my loved one has a diagnosed uh, serious mental illness. They don't know that they have it, and they won't take their medication. Um, I can't make them take their medication. They are homeless, or they're in the hospital over and over, or they're in jail, and they just get worse and worse and worse because our system says you have to want treatment in order to be able to get it. That's where we kind of enter in with providing therapeutic involuntary interventions um, in order to help people that don't know they're sick get the treatment that they need and then be able to stay in treatment. And one of the things that I started... Janet, um, uh, let, let us do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into that conversation, let us go to a break so we can we can yeah. engage in that conversation uninterrupted. Uh, we're visiting with Janet Hayes, Director of Healing Minds, NOLA. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Janet Hayes, Director of Healing Minds NOLA. We're talking about the challenges and the difficulties of dealing with folks that have serious mental illness. I think, uh, Janet, you were just getting ready to describe a therapeutic program uh, in in dealing with a certain type of uh, serious mental health. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so Healing Minds NOLA advocates for a full coordinated continuum of psychiatric treatment and care for, from A to Z. One component of that, it's a really important component to address the problems we were talking about before the break, is a what's called assistive outpatient treatment, also known as assisted outpatient treatment in other parts of the country. And so this is a program, it's a a civil, it's a court program that allows a civil judge to order a person who has a history of treatment non-adherence to stay in treatment, take their medications, and then the law um, mandates that the court provide or make sure that services are available and will be provided. The court then acts like that double-sided tape to make sure that the respondent or the client is adhering to the system and the system is adhering to the client. And it's all overseen by a judge. Um, It's a civil program. Again, it's not criminal. So there's no jail and contempt of court. Um, Consequences of noncompliance would be rehospitalization, likely stabilization and back into the program. But it works really well for that subset of people with serious mental illness who have no insight that they're sick and need that kind of what we call the black robe effect. I know you're familiar with that um, Mm -hmm. to incentivize and motivate um, the client to stay in treatment. Um, We have a very good judge. I have to give a shout out to Judge Kern Reese uh, for being the best judge ever. Um, that, you know, as quality as, man, you know, quality he, man. Yeah, he, I've seen him work miracles in the courtroom. He's just got a real talent for this kind of, um, you know, this kind of program. And also want to thank him for when I couldn't, you know, a lot of agencies were meeting about assistive outpatient treatment about five or six years ago, but nothing was happening. And so I went to him and we had coffee and I said, will you start this program with me? Because if we don't do it, I don't think it's going to happen. And he said, okay. And we started for free and we built this program. We now have about 
60 people. I think we've served 70 uh, since about two years ago. We had some initial problems with the law itself. Um, there were barriers for families being able to refer. So we rewrote the law, and as soon as we did that, then, um, you know, we saw a huge uptick in um, involvement. And uh, also the law was designed for hospitals really to refer to the program. Some hospitals will, but we see more um, referrals coming from the community. So we really we needed to, to make that happen. And I'm super proud that our law, I think, is the only law in the country other than what I think Governor Newsom's trying to do in California with care courts that really um, has a, system, a working system for families to be able to take matters into their own hands when they can't get hospitals or doctors to do what they think needs to be done. Because typically the course is for most folks to go to the coroner, right, to get a CEC or to get a PEC yeah. from a physician. And that's not always easy. Yes, um, that is a good, I mean, thank God we have that, to be honest. No, and, I, and, I, and I should state, and I should state for the listening audience that CEC is a coroner's emergency commitment and a PEC is a physician's emergency commitment. And I think the threshold is you have to prove that the individual is a danger to themselves or to others, correct? Yes, we also expanded criteria two years ago to include psychiatric deterioration, including physical deterioration, so that we can get people into treatment before they have to be full-blown dangerous to self-others or half-dead, which is really the standard in the grave disability um, criteria. So, But the OPC, in order of protective custody, um, so, fam- yes, um, most of my refer- our referrals come from families who have used that system to be able mm-hmm. to get their loved one into hospitals. Um, they like it better than 911 because it's more, I mean, it, it's, it, it, they're more confident that the police will actually come take their loved one to a hospital and not get lost in a jail or something like that. So, um, well, and it's easier so for law enforcement, too, because to they have. System. But mm-hmm. you, yeah. you would agree, Janet, it's easier for law enforcement because now they have a court order, right? Uh, as a result agree. of yeah. as the OPC, so it makes it real easy for them. They're not having to make these judgment calls. Correct, correct. Yes, the decision, the judgment's already been made. So the family, the, the coroner's already signed off on this person meets criteria. So, yes, it takes the um, fuzziness, I suppose, out of the um, judgment process. Janet, I got to yeah. ask you this so question, we, not to get mm-hmm. you not to get you involved in in a political brouhaha, but I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> haven't haven't operated a jail. Uh, I've seen the challenges, you know, of the medical that is provided inside of the jail, and 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 the difficulties of having to deal with mental health, especially when the spectrum, I think you would agree, is pretty broad, right, of what's being yeah. presented. And I, I've just been curious, you know, there's this there's this uh, mental health jail that's going to be developed. It's been through the federal courts. Some have bought it. Some are supporting it. And it seemed to, to me to be pretty apparent that um, if you're going to deal with mental health, you don't deal with it in kind of a, a mainstream landscape environment environment i mean am am i off the rails and thinking that 
No, not at all. Um, so that phase three jail is absolutely needed. My hope was that it could be under the jurisdiction of Louisiana Department of Health for people that, you know, like Jackson. So it would be like a satellite of Jackson so mm-hmm. that doctors can treat people that don't want to take their medications. Because as you know, in jail, even in jail, if they don't want to take their medications and they don't think they're sick, they don't have to. So they sit there. And then what? You can't have them in general population because they're going to be dangerous to self or others. And so you have to put them somewhere, which is why we have administrative segregation, and then we have overuse of that, and then we have all these civil rights people that are screaming, saying, you can't do that. But those are the same people that say we can't put them in the hospital either. So, you know, what do you want? But um, but there, I think also the, the issue now that we're seeing is what's, like, showing up as irreversible substance-induced psychosis and mental health challenges that aren't treatable with medication, which is mm-hmm. placing an added burden on our already overburdened psychiatric system. And we don't have anywhere, and no, there's no residential facilities anywhere where people can go where they're going to have to stay for a long, long time, maybe forever, because they've destroyed their brain with a drug um, when they were 17. So, and medications don't work on those people. So we have, right. I get referrals to AOT where we have them evaluated and the doctors are like, they don't meet criteria for AOT because the medications aren't going to help. And then what do we do? So it's it's absolutely heartbreaking that people are, I mean, people need to know about this, you know, because I hate seeing these young kids that are just ruining their lives. But anyway, so, and then AOT also, it's for that, again, the subset who will do well when they're on their medications and can live safely in the community with the right resources. It's not for people who have advanced psychiatric deterioration. For those folks, Healing Minds NOLA has a legal assistance fund. We, you know, we get donations. We're running a little low right now. But that allows me and my business partner, Terrence Prout, who's an attorney, to help families with legal fees to be able to file AOT petitions in other parishes um, judicial commitments, uh, which can be a little pricey depending on where they're filed, and uh, interdictions and advanced psychiatric directives. So, again, it's our way of going around a system that's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, and we're making it happen anyway. I think we have nine uh, uh, cases right now in eight courts in Jefferson Parish um, because they don't have a specialty court or one judge. But People are becoming more aware now of what AOT is and where the breaks in the system are as a result of our work where we're, we're paying, we're, you know, we're, we're getting money to allow families to do what they, what they need to do, what the hospitals should be doing. But the hospitals, honestly, it, their hands are tied in a lot of cases. I don't blame doctors because, you know, the administration uh, alone in trying to help a patient, um, the paperwork fighting with the insurance company is it's an all day exercise so but yeah the jail and, you I mean, know it, it, it's a reality it's, it's, it's inhumane to put people uh, or to not uh not have a specialized uh, uh unit or, or or building for people that shouldn't be in general population with people that don't have serious mental illnesses or don't have mental illnesses and so absolutely we need that phase three you know i wish we didn't but we don't have anything this side of the criminal justice system that's comparable. We have hospitals that can't take people at times because they need one-on-one 
or two-on-one monitoring. They need to be in a high-acuity, secured facility. Those things don't – we used to have that. That doesn't exist well, it exists, no. but it's very. And that's why very, I've been mystified as to why the new sheriff is opposed and all these people are opposed. Because in my view, if, if we thought outside of the box for just a moment, we would align mm-hmm. with, you know, two uh, medical schools that we have here, Tulane, LSU. Right. We would align right. with, uh, what do we have, right. three, four nursing school programs here. Um, they mm-hmm. all have to do internships. We could utilize uh, their major teaching status, uh, become a major teaching status uh, thing. We, we, we could do a whole lot of things if we just thought outside of the box where that could become the hub of mental health. Because I, my, my, I was going to ask this question earlier. The earlier that we touch these people, and usually the first people to touch them is going to be law enforcement. After the family mm-hmm. is law enforcement, right? And mm-hmm. at that point, if we could direct them down a path that's going to make a difference, especially the earlier the intervention, I have to imagine with what you have been describing, the better off we are. Um, yeah. I just, I can't for the, other than money. I mean, I get the money thing and I get that people don't want to be burdened with it. And I've been trying to bring this issue up as it relates to this truth and sentencing bill and everything else, if you are talking about alternatives and, and making sure that people get a GED, get their counseling, get their substance abuse disorder, counseling, whatever it may be, it may be in the end, all of that is more expensive than incarceration. But we right, know right. that but the I'll... return on the investment is greater. Exactly. Um, exactly. By, by providing those, those sorts those resorts absolutely and you know and i keep bringing it up nobody wants to talk about it we only want to focus on one thing at a time for whatever reason but the these are the realities of of what we're dealing with and and it's just amazing to me that that we're at cross purposes on this issue um i think most recent data says that ideology Right. More than facts. So we're dealing with people who want their narrative to be right. And those people are folks who believe being psychotic and delusional is a right to be protected rather than an illness to be treated. We have these conversations about people with mental illness are no more violent than anybody else. And then we have others saying people with mysterious mental illnesses are more likely to be violent. People with serious mental illnesses are no more violent than anybody else, and they're more likely to be violent than the people who are treated or the general population. The call I get, like over and over, is the mom saying, my kid is trying to kill me because of their untreated serious mental illness, but I'm not going to kick them out because if I do, someone might kill them. They're vulnerable <laughs> and dangerous I, I, at the same time. If we I, get them treated, I know, this, isn't a, this is not an argument. This is not an argument. But I know people that sleep in their room, parents that sleep in their room, with, yes, metal, with a metal plate mounted yep. on the front and the back side of their door with about three deadbolts. Exactly. Exactly. And these are families that will die for their kids before they will put them on the street. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's like those are the ones that break my heart, you know, just even to think about that. Um, No, not all do. Some of them do kick them out and they end up being the problem. The city and 
you know, and then this housing issue. Well, especially if there are other children. Great, but it's not going to do anything for someone that has clinical needs. They need to be stable first before we can expect that they can care for themselves or their property in the community safely and in a way that's not disruptive to, to neighbors. And it's, it's hard to be judgmental, especially if there's other kids, right, that they're trying to protect. It's one thing to protect yourself, I mean, because you're aware, and you, you know, but you have other kids and other bedrooms and, and whatever it may be. And it's just the whole familial and trying to hold the unit together becomes so complicated. Uh, and, and, there's, and there's no place to reach out, especially if yeah. there's an episode. And, yeah, you know, and, and even... Even worse, I think, well, maybe not worse, but another issue is those who are not violent. Um, They're just sick, and they're out under the bridge, and they're not getting into the hospital because no one's picking them up saying they're not dangerous enough. So they're laying out there on the streets, and EMS are, you know, picking up their dead bodies and skeletons months later. It's just awful. That's one of the reasons we expanded the criteria for involuntary commitment to include just being sick, psychiatric deterioration, that's enough. On that alone, you can take someone to a hospital and get them treatment when they need it. But, we, you know, we don't do this to Grandpa with Alzheimer's. That We would be arrested. If you let Grandpa wander around down the street, you know, totally disoriented from reality, they would arrest you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, you know, when, when my first reaction as I was reading about your organization, I was like, Wow, I mean, it's a big bucket of of gobbledygook. I mean, it it it's hard to wade through this. I mean, it really is, yeah. and and I I, yeah. I mean, I I admire you uh, for staying the course for so long because they're not. I mean, there's just so many doors that are shut all the time, and is in some in in many cases no way to open them, you know, and it's. Yeah. Uh, I was not aware of the advances and uh, in, in the change in the laws that y'all have been able to bring about. That's huge, and I don't and, it and, is. and I don't I don't know if people really understand and appreciate how big that is. It is actually huge, um, and even yeah. I, you know I've been out of law enforcement for six years now, um, and I had no idea that y'all have been able to accomplish same. So congratulations to you guys and and to Judge Reeves for the work that he he's done. I know him. I know his wife. Their their family, incredible family, just damn good people, um, you know, and trying to make yeah, a difference. Agree. Absolutely. And and it has been and just the the changes that we've made surprisingly have really sailed through the legislature where other states, you know, run into problems. Um, there is so much bipartisan support for change. Um, it's just really heartwarming to see. I mean, we, we really are lucky in Louisiana and that we don't have like massive uh, outcry from advocates who um, believe that being psychotic is, uh, you know, a, some kind of a, a, a superpower um, and that should, should, we shouldn't treat it. Um, so I'm grateful for that. And hopefully we can make a few more changes this session. We have at least two bills. I'm hoping for three after I get off the phone with you. We'll see um, to do some, you know, to, to push the, push the, or move the ball a little further down the goal line. But it, it is definitely, um, if I'd known all, like the learning curve, uh, the learning curve is deep. If I'd known before I got into all of this, what, this stuff that I'm doing, 
that it was going to be like this, there's no way I would never, I would never have taken this path. It just sort of happened and, you know, I kept going and now um, I'm stuck with it. But, but it's, uh, it's well, heartening it's- when you can help a family and the, those moments of in, in the courtroom or even outside of the courtroom with the other work that we do when, you know, a person writes to you and says, thank you for believing in me when I didn't believe in myself. Or, you know, in the tears of joy in the courtroom from families and seeing families and, and, and just get back together and repaired relationships and just the joy and the tears. is It's all, you mean, I'm just a sucker for an attaboy, right? Like, or an girl. It's like, okay. Yeah, but Janet, you're, you're, so, you're so right because, I, I mean, I've heard people that, you know, over the years that I've assisted and, and they said, you know, Newell, I actually feel like I can breathe now. Yeah. You know, I was always yeah. waiting yeah. for for something to drop and I was always holding my breath and I always felt like I was almost yeah. like oxygen deprived and for the first time in my life I can breathe. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know, and it no, and it's a it's a liberating amazing. moment in in it's many amazing. respects, yeah. right? God bless yeah. you. Thank you so much. Uh, and if you need you if you too. need help finding a legislator who has one vacancy on on the limit of bills you let me know and i will make the calls uh i appreciate (laughs) thanks i appreciate everything you so hold on hold on hold on coleman is going to get your your number and and we'll we'll communicate and we'll find somebody for sure thank you so much for joining us janet hayes director of healing minds nola have a great week we'll be right back folks 504-260-1870 on the oakland heart jewelers talk and text line stay with us okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I want to thank Janet Hayes again, Director of Healing Minds, NOLA, for uh, joining us today and sharing her experience and her story and her journey relative to Healing Minds, uh, NOLA. We talk about mental health and mental health treatment and the continuum of care a lot. Uh, and not not just on this show, but I mean in general. And 
But a lot of times it doesn't seem like we're making a lot of progress. So it was really, you know, nice to hear about the progress that they've made um, in working with Civil District Court Judge Kern Reese on their program, the changing of the laws being more expansive. I can tell you, folks, I have been in the room with families that have reached out for assistance um, and the insensitiveness of the system, I guess, is one way of putting it, uh, is incredible uh, in dealing uh, with certain sectors of the mental health community. Otherwise, law-abiding citizens, if their continuum of care is in place, intact, uh, those that um, medicine and, and the uh, pharmaceutical delivery system is intact, those that it makes a difference for, um, don't have any issue with them. But it's always when we hit this cutback management, the first thing to cut is mental health. And it just doesn't make any sense because the downstream implications to the system, whether it be the civil court system, the criminal court system, law enforcement out on the street, and the costs associated with same are huge. And it's just crazy when we start dealing with things in that fashion and not thinking it through and connecting the dots as to what's important. We'll be right back after the break. We're going to, so excuse me, just stay with us. Folks, when we come back after the top of the hour news break, we'll visit with Dr. Sterling Roberts about this abuse of nitrous oxide by our kids not only in our community some horror stories from around the country and we'll find out what happens to someone's brain when they're abusing this substance we'll also visit with arnie filco about his trip to the ukraine you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.